0: Hello, residents of Meeple Town, This is Dean. Johnny Love. And today we're gonna to be looking at games we've been playing lately, followed by a review of Fields of Arl. Then we're gonna be doing a showdown between Fox in the Forest and Fox in the because Forest. We
1: love you,
0: Meeple Town. Duet. Thanks for joining us for episode number 35.
1: All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean dressed up like a giant box of chocolates, and if you were here, you would see that we are holding hands. We are not doing that. Because we love each other. We do. We're not doing that, though. Because <laughs> this is a three-week-late Valentine's Day episode! Is it three weeks late? No, it's it's ten days. by the time they get it. I think, here's what I think. I
0: think if we get the episode in in February, that's okay to count it as a valentine's
1: episode right do you know how to count the days though because valentine's day is february 14th 11 days today is 12 days by the time this releases 12 mm-hmm. days it's exactly right dean as you would say that's exactly right so today on our episode we are gonna do only two player games two player only games are the only ones allowed except for one is that true i was like well it pretty much is except for there's one game i'll talk about that i've been playing lately that it, that doesn't
0: you played it two players
1: though. I did, so it counts. I kind of messed up the whole theme. Yeah, but I haven't played any new two player only games except for the ones we're talking about at the end of the episode. Fox oh. and the Force, or the one, one of the ones we're talking about at the end of the episode, Fox and the Forest Duet. All right. Well, what you got for us? Would you? What am I supposed to do? Something now? Well, I, I, well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, this is your thing. This is a, <laughs> all right. What? This is your segment. Yeah, this that's your why, chance to
1: shine, John. I know. I just decided to see what would happen if I didn't. I would take over the show. All right, we're gonna be talking. Meepletown about- definitely doesn't want that. <laughs> that is a hundred percent right. So let's do a poll. But we are gonna be talking about two player only games, as I mentioned. So that's why I'm Johnny Love. Is why I said that again.
0: Oh, I think everyone knows why you were making the and why we love you voice. And why we love you, Meepletown.
1: You are. Our greatest meeples. So, the That's poll... That's me sighing. So, <laughs> Dean, in case you missed that. What's the poll? What you got for me? That's, I don't know what that was. I was trying to do a pshh, but it came out like a psh, which Woo-pow! doesn't make any sense. Oh, by the way, before we do the poll, we've, uh, I do want to say... Hey, we got to meet someone who listens to (laughs) Meepletown. Okay, so
0: we have been meaning to talk about on the podcast for months that we have in the United States, 49 of the 50
1: states... That's not even what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about Paul, who we got to meet on Sunday.
0: Oh, well, I've already started this. Can I go into it? Hey, Paul. Thanks for listening to Meepletown. We'll we'll get back to Paul. We'll get back to Paul. We're going to talk about North Dakota right now, (sighs) is what we're going to talk about. 49
1: of the 50 states... Until this last episode. It's super weird because 49 of the 50 states have been done listening to us a long time for ago. For a long time, months. But for some reason. Over a year, probably. Y- yes. For some reason, North Dakota <laughs> has not listened to us. But they do now. Until now. There is maybe one listener, maybe two in North Dakota. Dean literally drove all the way to North Dakota and listened to the Meeple Town podcast just to say that we did it. The funny—I was about to because I was like, North Dakota. Do you, you not really have board?
0: <laughs> do you not have board games in North Dakota? That's what I was saying to myself. I wasn't dissing North Dakota. I just didn't get it. I didn't understand.
1: I think they have board games. I just don't think they like us. Oh, that, so sure. that
0: might make a lot more sense. <laughs>
1: a whole lot more sense.
0: So what I'm saying is, before we get to Paul, I would really like for the the listener from North Dakota to reach out to us just to say the one listener, hey, or two potential. We've got two downloads from North Dakota now, so maybe who knows? It could be it could be this could be multiplying. Man, it could, could be, be going
1: gangbusters, blowing
0: up in North Dakota right now. I don't know, but we want to know who you are, and we want to thank you. Thank you for listening to Meeple Town. That's exactly right. All okay. right. <laughs> Thank you. That's my North Dakota rant. I've been meaning to talk the about that for months. The funny thing was
1: about that is that we've been meaning to talk about it for months, as <laughs> Dean just said. And literally, I was going to do a a rant about how nobody has listened to us in North Dakota. And then I got here this morning and I said, I can't wait. We're finally going to do that rant. We're finally <laughs> going to remember to do the rant, Dean. And Dean's like, someone listened to us. So it was uh, kind of anticlimactic. I think he likes it better. I like it worse.
0: I think it's pretty exciting. Now we have all 50 states in the United States. Now we're moving on to all the countries. That's I don't true. know where we're We have to get all the countries. 16, I don't know where we're at either. 60
1: something or something. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I've never counted them. Okay. Paul. While
0: you're ranting, I'm going to count them.
1: Anyone that wants to come to Tennessee and meet us, we would love to meet you. And we got a chance to meet one of our listeners on Sunday. That's, That's amazing. Right. Is Paul from North Dakota? Where does he live? That's probably why. <laughs> I don't know. Matt has told me where Paul's from, and I forget though. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm going front. Like I know what I'm talking about. Yes. So that was wonderful. It was. It was a
0: lot of fun meeting Paul. Yeah. It was really great.
1: It was. It was wonderful. And had we had time to play games, that would have been even better. Even better. He did say one of his favorite games is Kingdom Builder, and I've never played Kingdom Builder. Dean has actually played it before, and then went ahead and bought it again. (laughs) That's right. So That's Paul, right. I think that we're going to get was ch- It
0: was Paul and Matt talking I me into it. I think we're
1: going to get a chance to play it sometime. At least I'm going to get a chance to play it with Dean sometime. And next time you're in town, it'd be great to play it with you. Yeah, we found a really cheap copy. I actually really enjoyed this game back in the
0: day, but nobody else did. Nobody liked the game that I played with, so I traded it off. It's coming back,
1: baby. Well, there you go. There you go, baby. All right, so let's do our poll. Our poll is based off our last episode. And in our last episode, uh, we had our... Well, top 10 games of the year. We also had our final four. And that was a video if you want to see that on the YouTubes. And out of our final four, I went ahead and did a poll. And I asked Meeple Town what their favorite game is out of Dean and John's final four. So if you have not listened or you're unaware of the final four, they are Glenmore 2, Tapestry, Maracaibo, Empires of the North. Dean, did you get a chance to look at this poll? Sixty-four countries. What'd you say?
0: That's. A... <laughs> That's. A... Jonas has left the studio once again. Everybody, I... it was going to bother me. Sixty-four countries. There we go. That's. I thought that was exciting stuff that people would want to know. All
1: right. I'm as good as a guy on. Um... Oh boy, how did I just lose that? Uh, what's the poll? Tell me the poll again. No, you know, the guy, what's, what a movie am I thinking of? The police movie. Why can't I think of the name of it? Nobody tell him. That has the guy that does all the sound effects. Oh my gosh, this is going to drive me
0: insane. Yeah, I think it's a movie about where they went to like the academy or something. Police Academy. Oh
1: my gosh. (laughs) Oh, I was like, I was like, how can I not think of the name of that movie?
0: Seriously though, one of my favorite things to do is in a crowded room when somebody is in that moment. I'll tell everybody not to tell that person because it drives them nuts. And it's it's fun. It's fun Just times. Just like on The Office? Like, it, did he do that? I'm pretty sure I've done that way John, before. John. <laughs> oh, that's Jim, right. Jim did that to John Andy. Krasinski. That's yeah.
1: A, yeah. That's... Uh, Give me a break. I did Give it before him. Give me a break. Okay, pull. Break pole. me off a piece of that. <laughs> Fancy, <laughs> Fancy feast. Chrysler car. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so, what pole. was I'm it? sorry. Glenmore 2, Tapestry, Maracaibo, Empires of the North. What was meeple town's choice what do they say was their favorite out of those four? Ooh, this is a tough one i think a lot of people that listen to
0: meeple town like euros maybe even heavier euros part of me wants to say "Ooh, this is really t- this is the hardest poll for me i think i think what i want to say is maracaibo that's what my heart is telling me
1: well it is the valentine's day episode so should you go with your heart
0: I will go with my heart. It is Maracaibo.
1: You're right, actually. Seriously? You're oh, 100% wow, yeah. accurate. It was, it was by far the highest. Really? 52%. Okay, I never would have guessed point the percentage. Three, fifty-two 52% point three picked Maracaibo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. What was the
0: second most popular? Mm, that's a tough one. I think not enough people have played Glenmore 2. That's what I think. And so I think... What was the fourth one? Imperial settlers. you am gonna Celtics? go with your heart. I'm gonna go with tapestry.
1: Wrong. It is Glenmore. It is. Okay, you're right. Twenty seven percent. So we maybe we've swayed some people. I hope so because I, really I want, think that Glenmore is just a really good game.
0: Yeah. Well. Yep. More and more people are are playing it these days. It seems like Dice Tower just gave it the Seal of Excellence, which sure I think did. it's going to get a lot more. This is a recognition. Conco- this is
1: a Concordia. I'm not saying this is good, but it is a. I think it's going to be a creeper game where it didn't have all the fanfare when it came out, but people are going to over time realize how truly excellent this game is.
0: Yep. I hope so. I I hope so. I think so.
1: I wonder what it's, what it's rated now on BGG.
0: It's interesting to me because Glenmore was not a bad game. I enjoyed Glenmore, but I I wonder, I feel like it was a really popular game. Like it was in the top 100, I think at one time, or might still be, I don't know. It's way up there.
1: So it had to have been a popular game. I don't know why people wouldn't play Glenmore Two if it's up to six fifty nine overall. That's actually pretty high. I think last time I checked, it was like eleven hundred and something. So wow. I mean, it's not like I said. It's going to be a slow creeper. It's going to keep going up there. It's rated eight point one. Yeah, was one point three thousand ratings. So I mean, that's not like no ratings.
0: <laughs> that's a very astute. astute, a very astute observation there, John. That's what John. I do. That's yes. what I do.
1: So what was the third place? Do you know? since you have gotten one correct and one incorrect. Well, since I guess tapestry is my number two, I'll guess that as my number three. That's right. And so it was, let's just give you the percentages. 52% said Maracaibo, 27% said Glenmore Two. 13% said tapestry, and 6.8, well, 14%, let's round up like I'm supposed to, 14% said tapestry, 7% said empires of the north.
0: Okay. I wonder why that is too, I, hmm, for empires of the north, because imperial settlers i feel like was such a popular game 51st state was a popular game maybe people just don't want to try empires of the north i don't know it's a fantastic Maybe these game, other ones though. are just better a little bit you know what i, mean? I don't mean to be like negative like maybe no, it's not they're that not it's... because i rated it as my number two game of the year
1: <laughs> so hey that's how i can use it the right way <laughs> dude that's pretty good that's pretty good
0: horse <laughs> that's good I
1: have I work on that because
0: my boys ride my back like I'm a horse, so I have to make the horse noises. Um,
1: can we spend the rest of the episode <laughs> listening to... Police Academy? That's... Can you make that noise while I'm doing this?
0: <laughs> I need coconuts. I can do it with coconuts. No, I'm
1: trying to do coconuts with my hand. Hold up. Do you, have... you have to do the horse noise Why I'm doing that. That's what Meebletown is waiting on, the edge of their seat. I
0: really they're... don't think they are. The
1: edge of their car seats.
0: That's when he's stopping, I think. But you
1: have to go, "Eh," you know, do what you were doing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That one's not as good. Now we're getting... We've been working on that one. Now we're going somewhere else. All right. What have you been playing lately?
0: All right, so a game I got a play of recently is Watergate. Watergate is a two-player only game, like we said, and it is by Matthias Kramer and Capstone Games. John, those are two of your favorite things. Okay. Matthias Kramer, First of all,
1: Capstone Games. I love Glenmore 2, but that doesn't mean that Matthias Kramer is one of my favorites. <laughs> all right.
0: Uh, that's, obviously, was not me. Uh, but you like Capstone
1: Games a lot. You like Matthias Kramer, too. I do, yeah, yep. I do. And I like Capstone Games a lot, yes. But you said one of my favorite things. Yep. You just exaggerated a little bit. Dean likes to lie sometimes.
0: This game came out in 2019, and... If this is a... You need to listen to this episode with Snopes <laughs> right next to your computer. This is a tug-of-war game. He doesn't like to lie. It's a historical game. I promise. It's <laughs> it's a historical game where one player is taking on the role of Nixon. The other one's taking on the role of the press. So they're taking on the, the role of these the, the press that's trying to link informants to... Nixon and that's what they're trying to do like they're playing cards trying to get these evidence tokens to Go from Nixon over to an informant and when they do that to two different informants. They're gonna win What Nixon is trying to do is gain five momentum tokens on his track and if he does that Then he is going to win the game So you're gonna do this by playing cards and this plays out kind of like 13 days or twilight struggle where you have these multi-use cards the top of the card allows you to move these different pieces along the the research track. So you can move uh, tokens of evidence. You can move the momentum token. You can move the initiative token, which the initiative token is going to give you the first player marker, which will allow you to have five cards, but the second player is only going to have four cards. What do you think of that? You, you look a little disappointed about it's that. It's not fair. It's not fair. That's right. Sometimes history is not fair, John. Is
1: this a historical game?
0: It is a historical game. Have you been listening to what I've been saying? Mm. You you feel like this might be Kevin Costner
1: game? Maybe that's Waterworld. That's right. Nope. Okay. I thought it had to do with the fortress and water running under the gate. It's uh, the Watergate.
0: I right, caramba. So anyway, that is you are taking the role of either the the press or Lincoln, and you are trying to. Did I? I just said Lincoln. I meant. I'm, I meant Nixon. What I want Water to do is be flowing. a flowing. <laughs> good. You have
1: to be under the. Uh, there's a boat, and you're going under the gate. I have Dean with my nonsense so flustered that he doesn't even. know... I just said Lincoln. How to sp- instead how- of I was going to say how to spell, the name of the president, but that's not inc- that's incorrect as well. We've both got each man. This this uh, Valentine's Day episode has us both a little it's, flustered, it's
0: throwing us off. It's throwing wow. us off. We're uh, getting
1: there though. All right, so, By the way, back you to guys, Watergate. You do know that I know that Watergate is history, right? They don't. That it is just... I mean, I got to let people know. I don't want them to think that I'm a moron. All right. <laughs> so that is Watergate. And if you didn't know that Watergate was, not his, was history, you are not a moron. All right. John, I'm going to throw this out at you. I didn't
0: say this earlier because I thought... This might not be John's game. Even though it's Matthias Kramer, even though it is Capstone Games. Do you know who did the art? <sighs> Let's take a wild guess.
1: Clemens Franz.
0: Clemens Franz for real? <laughs> yes. That really? is
1: absolutely correct. Like looking at the art, I didn't didn't know that. Didn't Along with that.
0: Alfred Victor Schultz. um but anyway so that means that's this game game. my wife and i really like this game a lot it's up there for us uh with 13 days which is a game that we really enjoy we enjoy this one at least as much maybe even better we've only got to play it once so far but but uh one she won and two we really really enjoyed it i played as nixon and she played as the uh as the the media on this one so who won I rarely win games with my wife. She beat me. Really? She did.
1: She beat me. That's amazing. Yep. I'm, I'm glad. I uh, I approve. All right. <laughs> anyway, that's that's it. Gonna get more plays of that one. Good times. Yep. I wouldn't mind playing it though. I'm not again. I'm not a big as we mentioned a big tug of war game fan. So it makes me a little like I don't care that much, but. Matthias Kramer and Clemens Franz and Capstone. If you would have told me those three things, I would be like hype about a game. Yeah. But then when you told me what it was, I lost hypeness.
0: But it is multi-use card. So like I said, you, you're playing the cards yeah, for the top like action to move those pieces. But the bottom part doesn't necessarily do that. There's lots of different things that the cards can do. Um, I say lots. I mean you you're you're pretty much doing the same thing but the way that it plays out is a lot
1: of fun so anyway we enjoy it we're not just talking about games that you can play with two players today we're talking about two player only games except for this one and this is a game by 25th century games uh that we got a review copy of and that is space explorers and that is by you got the box can you read the designer please yuri uh, Zhavlev. i mean i can't see it
0: i think that's right i approve yeah,
1: my goodness, this is a beautiful. The game. art is amazing on this game. I
0: love it. Open it up. Open I'm, that box up, I'm daddy. I only have one hand. Wait, to work I'm with, the daddy. So that's it.
1: That's <laughs> that's it. That's true. Actually, I'm the granddaddy. I don't, Does that even get creepier? My goodness, I can't open the box. You're trying to do it one handed. That's I, the problem. I can't get
0: my other hand this is out of That's a great there.
1: radio. Wow,
0: yeah, this is this is really pretty. So, I've only yeah, ever yeah, seen the box scattered Yeah, pull on this. the uh,
1: cards out too. But, anyways, while Dean's looking at that art, which is this cool retro. Like 60s, 50s style art. It looks space art. It looks amazing. It, it really does. It is so beautiful. It's so incredible. But while you're looking at that, Dean, I'll explain the game. If you've played Splendor, this is very similar. And I heard that it was really similar to Splendor. And when I played it, I was like, oh, it's very, very similar. Uh, in this game, you're going to have six cards that are out in the middle of the table. You're also going to have a place to build your own like tableaus. And what you'll be doing is really just grabbing a card from the middle and putting it into your hand or paying for the card by paying for it with skills, which you have tokens. Um, Yeah, one thing that's kind of interesting is you have these tokens that have the symbols and you start off with one of each. And when you spin them, Dean, you actually have to pass them to the player on your left. So then like you're kind of looking at, okay, if I spend these tokens to buy this card, then Dean's going to be able to get that card because I'm passing him those tokens, which I think that's uh, kind of an interesting thing that's not in Splendor. Um, but you're going to be paying for them that way, or you're going to be able to discard cards from your hand to make up for any two uh, symbols on there. Or you've got this engine building aspect where the more, for example, there's um, yellow, green, red, purple and blue, I believe those are the five colors. Um, whenever you have someone that you're going to put into your tableau that that's supposed to go under one of those skill colors, the more player, the more people that you have in that row, it's actually going to make it cheaper for you as the game progresses. So it's it's like Splendor, right? When you have more certain gems, then it makes it cheaper as the game progresses. Exact same thing in this game. But uh, something that I like a little bit better is that. Every card, or not every card, some of the cards have bonuses that give you special powers and abilities, but they're only activated when it's the top card on that row. So you're making these decisions like you really like the special ability of this card in the purple row, but you know you really want to get some more purple cards because either A, you can use those to fund projects, which give you bonus points. They're exactly like the, uh, what are they called on Splendor? the people they
0: uh okay oh, i can't remember what they're called but
1: anyway, i mean honestly it's very very similar to that um that you're trying to get those projects um but you may need like three purple cards to get one of those and so you're like oh, i like disability but i really want to get one of that project cards or uh, you may just want to build an engine to get more pop more purple cards and if you leave that one sitting there then you're not going to get it so that part adds a lot more to the game in my opinion and so i really liked that a lot about it and i also liked how you're passing those tokens back and forth because you're kind of make those decisions of do i I really want this now but then it's going to let dean get this card which is going to be better for him so is this the most optimal most efficient move or not anyway i thought um i've played it one time so i want to give that caveat i thought i had a good time playing it my first time i wasn't like blown away that this is amazing Um, but i'm also not a humongous like splendor fan Um, i'm not really a sensory spice road fan either so these games are not typically my wheelhouse i'll say that do you like splendor and sensory spice or not really yes i like both of those quite a bit quite a bit Uh, splendor
0: is one like a lot of people i've played a lot of splendor uh century spice road i like and when you add the games together, I like, like it a that. lot more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a I think that's the way to play it for me anyway. but but Splendor, I just like the simplicity of it. It's one that a lot of family
1: members play and really like. So yeah I, we should do a showdown maybe between those three sometime. Um, but I will say that, that look for our YouTube video. Dean and I are going to put a YouTube, which is going to be a full-on review. So, um, you know, my opinions do change as I play the game more often. I would never want to do a full-on review after getting one play. But I just wanted to give you kind of my uh, initial reaction. I will say that also that it's a pretty cheap game, I think. In fact, I'm going to... Sorry, Dean, let me look it up real quick. While you're saying that, I was just going to say that I'm, I'm interested in this game
0: sometimes... Sometimes you know this is kind of the the king domino queen domino thing. If they're that similar, you know, sometimes I just like the simplicity of like that base mechanic. Uh, you know, sometimes not always. Yeah, but.
1: I I do too. But in, I think I think this is just a superior mechanic. Adding okay. that, adding the adding that extra thing where you have the powers on the cards. A lot of times I'm like, eh, this is not that, but I think this is probably better. But I got to play it a little bit more for sure. Um, it's like thirty bucks or something like that, so it's not. It's fairly cheap. Uh, it's actually kind of a nice, smaller ish compact box, which yeah. is kind of nice too. I
0: like a lot. It's actually, I think, the same size as the Watergate box. Yeah. I think that's right. I, I like. <laughs> this is a silly thing, but I do like games that size. Um, yeah, that, I do. Too. Smaller box games. Yeah. Um, did you know that there's a Marvel? Splendor coming out. Have you seen this? I did not know that. Yeah. It's that's... the nobles that you were talking about earlier. But instead nobles. of instead of gaining nobles in the new Marvel Splendor, you're gaining uh I think I think you are gaining the oh goodness, the stones from The Infinity Stones. Infinity Stones, there we wow. go. I think that's what you're doing. You're gaining infinity stones, but I think the the general like gist of the game is pretty much the same. Wow. Does that excite you?
1: No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> i I, I just you know i i does me i don't get that excited about ips some of them i do but especially ones like marvel like and i know a a ton of our listeners are going to be super hyped because they love marvel i there's just so many marvel games and stuff it's just another marvel game doesn't excite me that much that's true especially one like this where it's not going to feel like you're if there hadn't been very many i'd be like hype probably but there's just so many marvel games marvel code names marvel whatever like it's just like yeah okay yeah whatever um i get it but i will say so we will do a video review of space explorers and i did enjoy my first play for sure Uh, like i said it didn't blow my mind but i i did definitely enjoyed it so yeah it's one to look at for sure we will check it out another one to potentially look at that's right is our
0: review that's coming up Mm. our meeple town museum review fields of arl arla arl
1: Welcome to the Meeple Town Museum, where games from yesteryear are brought back into the light. Discover games that are at least two years old you may have missed in the hustle and bustle of the cult of the new. Now let's open the vaults to the days of yore where these treasures are no longer forgotten.
0: Fields of Auro is a one-to-two-player game only published in 2014. The designer is Uwe Rosenberg. The artist is Dennis Lohausen, and in the u s it is published by Z man games in two thousand fourteen john and how about this for an intro the description of the game you ready yep I'm ready so one to two players live as farmers in the small and peaceful town of Aral Hmm. that's it well there's there's more to it but <laughs> you're you're you have these flax farms and uh and you've got these surrounding villages that are all trying to make a, a profitable profitable place to work and live. That's what you're doing. There you go. Hey, you know is what? That it? This is a theme of every one of Uva Rosenberg games that I've <laughs> ever played outside of Patchwork. Feast for Odin. <laughs> I feel like you're. Is that a farm game? What's it? <laughs> you're Vikings. You're Vikings. Totally feels like Vikings. In this game, it is very much like that. That agricola feeling though, right? Where you're just like, you're building up your farm by worker placement John's gonna explain how the game plays but I want to I get guess. Just I that mean intro. you know it's
1: it's let's let's talk about it together Dean let's just chat it a little bit together we'll, we'll chat it up yeah so I'll say this before we talk about some of the worker placement spots like you mentioned it is divided into winter and summer actions which I think is really neat so um which we'll talk about that in the gameplay in just a little bit but depending on whether it's winter or summer you're gonna have a set of 15 actions on either side to be able to do now one player, can one time in the course of that half of a year decide to go over to the other uh, action board and do a winter action, for example, if they're in oh, summer? It is a time traveling game. That's it. That's exactly. I want, it's kind of an interesting. Uh, Doesn't seem super thematic, there, does it? You can, like, I will say some of the, a lot of the worker placement sparts do sparts spots are very thematic the things that you're doing in the summer versus the things that you're doing in the winter but depending on what um what half of the year that you're in uh, you're going to be placing your worker and i did say there are 15 worker placement spots per per season so or half a year Uh, And so you're going to be doing things like in the summer, you're going to be able to go out and you can set fish traps. You can plow fields. You can um, move the dikes, which is kind of an interesting thing. We'll kind of talk about that later. You can maybe weave some wool, go to the grocer and and get some uh, animals at the grocer. You can get live animals at at these grocers. But that makes sense, I guess, right? It does. It makes sense. Yep. Uh, Whenever you get over to... The winter, you can do different different actions like going to the baker making pottery, um, going to the tanner and, and um, making those hides nice and leathery. Um, <laughs> Woo! You through all these? Are you going to go through all these I'm spots? Just name there's all a, of them, I think. <laughs> Please don't. But, <laughs> but there's a bunch of spots. There are a lot of spots on this game, and so you have that. Now you all also all, both have your own personal boards, and on those boards you have just a few spots that you start off with um, being able to build on and you have these dikes on the board which is different than some of his other games right there's
0: a lot of different
1: mechanics in this game i was was kind of
0: you know being a little facetious at the beginning but
1: no there are and so you have to move the dikes to be able to water back right move the dikes to be able to open up new spots which is kind of interesting um yeah and so i mean really you're just going these worker placement spots and you're getting um cattle and and animals and sheep and different things for your fields you're um, weaving and getting uh, different types of goods to be able to go and to trade with other places and if you do that then you can move up on this uh, travel board which is is pretty neat in the game you're able you're also having to get like vehicles to be able to move um your goods so you can't just trade them off um willy-nilly you got to have a, a a barrel or wheelbarrel or, or a, something like that a small or a large vehicle is what they're called here um to be able to move those goods so yeah, there's also buildings that you can build on your board. A lot of them in Fields of Arl are one-time bonuses though. There are some that do like bonuses over the course of the game, but most of them are kind of one-time bonuses. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Dean. You think we should talk about more than that or just talk about the game? I think that's
0: that's a good kind of gist of the game because the reality is there's you look at the board, you know, if you're looking at a picture of this, you don't get bored. There's a bunch a bunch of stuff going on and the board does change from game to game in some of those spots and um but but yeah i, I think that's a good kind of gist of it that that you're placing workers out there it's building a giant buildings. worker
1: placement i mean it, it's got that feast for odin like a ton of different worker placement spots kind of feel right right caverna um, kind of thing yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. That's, that's yeah it's, but here's the, the thing um hmm Let, i'll just we're we just gonna dive in okay all right. So let me say something since you just mentioned that, that I don't love about the game. This is me personally. I do really like this game. Um, is this just, the art and
0: components I mean, that you're talking about? We gotta, Oh, we didn't we talk about the art and components we gotta, yet.
1: We got to stick to the script there, John. Oopsie daisy. <laughs> let's talk about the art and components.
0: Um,
1: what do you think? <laughs> no, they're think? great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the art's really good on this game. I think it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's really good. Let's say that. Um, the bo- the box is really pretty, beautiful. I think it's they did a really, really great job. Um the components are, I mean, they are cardboard, but they're thick cardboard. They're nice, thick cardboard. I do like the worker placement. You actually have these wooden tokens. And they have stickers on them, which I like the stickers on them. Um, and then also, like, your sheep and stuff like that, you, they're not just cubes. They're actually animals, um, meeples, which are kind of nice. And you do have um, some stickers on. I'm moving some of the stuff around. you hear me? Now I'm trying to do it on purpose.
0: Oh, we can hear it.
1: Look at that. But I also like uh, how you have, like, cattle stickers to make the cows have some spots on them, which is pretty nice. So I say they're all uh, pretty good quality components. I'm happy with
0: them. I would agree. I think, you know, I make fun of you for being such a Clemens Franz fan. You just love his artwork. Uh, Dennis Lohausen is one of those for me. I really, really enjoy. um, I mean, he's got so many games that he's worked on. Some that, you know like Tiefenthal and and Quacks and Village and you know some of my really favorite games that I love a lot Feast for Odin that you talked about there's a bunch so I I, I'm with you in all those aspects that you said components and art Uh, and the layout because there's so much going on on the board it can be overwhelming but I think it's very intuitive like you don't really have to refer to the book a lot and, and that's because of I believe because of the graphic design of the board being laid out so well so
1: yeah I think it's laid out well I like how they have like the kind of green background for the summer and the snow background for the winter mm-hmm. it kind of helps distinctify I know they're on different sides but even further helps distinctify what's that word distinctify it's a real word
0: <laughs> I don't think I'm it is it up right now distinctify I mean it might be I've just never in my 27 years heard that in all of my years of life, heard that. I'm a little older than 27,
1: but no, you're way older. I'm
0: not going to reveal my weight and my age in the same episode. Um, I, while we're waiting for John, we're going to go ahead and jump into the gameplay because I don't. I, I think he's going to be looking for a
1: long time for that word. So it is in Urban Dictionary as this is not an actual word. You <laughs> idiot is basically what it says. Is that what it says? Yeah, it does. Somebody's used that word
0: before, though. Did yeah. you put that entry in there? Like, did you
1: request it says, that? It this literally being? says the top definition of distinctify is a totally logical kanji. Um, conju- you help
0: sounding it out. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry,
1: <laughs> sorry. I was looking at the other part below it. A totally logical conjugation of the word distinctive that is not included as part of the English language, so that um, curse word can feel intelligent by correcting people about wow. something trivial. Wow, that's the number one definition on Urban Dictionary. Uh, the number two is a word that is not actually a word that idiots think works just as well as distinguish. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> so I was actually pretty good. Well, it was, I'm glad that you stopped me. Quite distinctified. Okay, I'm too. definitely using that even more now.
0: <laughs> All right, so to the gameplay. When you look at this, I mentioned that you look at the board. There's a lot going on, and there absolutely is. You know, I mentioned Agricola earlier. Agricola. The game unfolds as you play. This one and Caverna, uh, uh, field, uh, what's the <laughs> Feast, for Feast for Odin? Like those games do not. Everything is just out there for you. And it can be really overwhelming. Because Are you sure of about that. that with
1: Caverna, by the way? Caverna? Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that they can change, but as far as like you're not adding spaces throughout the game. Now, I've not played it, but I've
1: seen the board. Are you 100% sure? Because I've played it. I am. Let's just 200%. Sure. You've you. played it? I, know, I just can't remember. Like this is this this is not going on the radio.
0: It's it is a no. It is it's going on there. No, oh, it's not. <laughs> it's been a while
1: since I've played it.
0: It's a it's a sandboxy game too, and I'll explain why I know that because of watching Rado's thoughts on some of these games that are sandboxy Uva games, and Caverna is one of them.
1: But are you a hundred percent sure that there's not spots that open up?
0: Three hundred percent sure. I'm not. But I'm not going to look it up either <laughs> because I haven't played it. I, okay, I'll throw that one out there. How about Feast for Odin and this one, our sandboxy games. Is that okay? Are you okay with that?
1: I'm not okay with this segment. <laughs> I feel terrible because I really liked Caverna when I played it, and now I'm just having second guesses on but on, because it's been like a year probably since I played it last. There's a lot of games that we have to play. All right. And I forget simple stuff focus, like that.
0: Focus, John. We're talking about Fields of Arl. And I was talking about Cavern and <laughs> the other ones. Okay, so Agricola, everything unfolds, but this one, it does not. You've got all the spaces available to you at one time, which can be really overwhelming. Even though I don't think it's difficult to know what the spaces do, I think that part is very clear. It can be overwhelming on the spaces and the, the direction that you want to go. Because you can really focus on building up your field. You can really focus on getting all the different types of animals, which you kind of need to do that a little bit. You can focus on traveling and you can focus on moving up the, you know, that that traveling track that's on your player board. You can focus on, uh, with the traveling, you can really focus on the vehicles that you have. So there's a lot of different things that you can do. Uh, I didn't even mention the buildings, but the buildings are, is another one that you can really focus on. And all those are, I think are viable options of getting points. Would you say that's that's accurate? You yeah. feel like any, any of those options are are not bad options. Sure. But it's
1: just a lot of options. There's a lot of options. I, you know, I mean, this is one of the things that I maybe don't love. I don't know. Um, hmm. I kind of like games where you get new options as the game progresses and it feels like it's, Progressing towards you know something different, though this is probably more thematic because I mean really you're if you're a sandboxy hey, person then yeah. you can do whatever you want and go wherever you
0: want. Um, but I said anyway,
1: John, go start a farm.
0: Yeah, that that's that's kind of what this game it's is. John, like go start to, a farm. You do whatever. You I don't want. have
1: to wait for an action card to come out to right. be able to. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> to plant my cabbage.
0: That's right. Yeah, but there's um, no
1: cabbage in this game, by the way. I, I know, but that was that was you talked about a farm, and I was just saying in real life. If no cabbage. Were. So, uh, you yeah, know, anyways, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I I, I, still, I like how it's really wide open. I think that that's really, really fun. Um, I don't know. Maybe it would be better if there was something that opened up, but who knows? I'm not sure. I wasn't necessarily saying. I know, I'm being, I know that I'm being really uh, whatever it is.
0: Vague? Yes. Distinct. Distinctified.
1: I'm being really distinctified.
0: I'm not necessarily saying that is a fault of the game. I'm just saying, like, that is something you got to be you got to be ready for like all the different things that you can do. Sure. And it
1: doesn't take that long to figure it out though. The iconography is really good. Like you said, right. Right. No, it's just like, what, what do I do at first? At first, at first. Yeah. And then throughout the game. Yeah, maybe, maybe, I I don't know. I think after you play it a few times, you kind of get, some directions and some ideas about where you can go and different things like that. Um, But I will say too that one of the things that I love, love, love about the game is the tool indicator things in the middle. And so if you've never played this before, next to almost all the actions, you have tools. And so however far you've advanced on those tool tracks is how powerful that action is, which is so fun. It's got that engine building aspect to this that's Uh, really really cool I think this is brilliant and absolutely love every moment of it so for example if you are um, going out and you want to uh, get clay you're gonna be able to get one clay per shovels and you start off with on the three shovel track. so if you progress to the end of the track and you have six shovels then every time you take that action instead of being one I mean, instead of being three clay or whatever, you're going to be getting six clay. So, And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of those, and you're sharing those with some summer and winter actions, and even some of the summer actions are sharing both of those. So going up those tracks and choosing which ones to go up at the right time I think is hugely important, absolutely brilliant, and incredibly fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. My I think favorite that is, part of the game. Mmm. Yep. It, I don't think that's my favorite, but I, I really enjoy it. I mean, you know, I like moving up on, on tracks in general. Um, I, do. I you know, one thing that I, you know, from me, I, one of my least favorite things is like losing stuff. Right. Okay. Um, so Agricola is an example where you've got to feed your workers, uh, you know, that, that is in my mind, an example of losing stuff, because if you don't do that, then you're going to, um, you, you, bad things are going to happen to sure. you. Right. Um, Stone Age can be that way, but a lot of Uwe games have that. Lahav has that. Um, this one has it, but it's not feeding workers. It's just that you, well, it is. You do have to feed, you know, and you do have to lose resources at the end of each of, the, easy. of the rounds. Right, it is easy. That's Free. what I was going to say. That's the part that doesn't bother me as much. You have to flip some tiles over or get your tiles off the board. Otherwise, you're going to lose points. You have to move your, the dikes up to the top to be able to get those points and not lose points. But it doesn't, it doesn't really hurt you that bad if you you like if you don't get all of your dykes up to the top you might lose a point or two or you know potentially three but it's not the end of the world if if you don't do that and so that part surprisingly doesn't really bother me from this game like it has in um i enjoy agricola i'm gonna keep going back to that one but i enjoy agricola but my least favorite thing about that is is feeding workers
1: this one has that to an extent but it's not awful I agree with that for sure. It's definitely easier and I think that I like that. I mean, there's a, if you like really tight games, Agricola is super tight. You're having to really make the most of your decisions of every single decision. There's little room for error if you're playing, you know, with someone that's really good. With Agricola, I think this game is just, as Dina's mentioned, is way more wide open. And if you like that, which I do, I like that it's way more wide open. Uh, I prefer this to Agricola. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, I do too. You have a lot to you have a lot to be able to go do. Also, I like a lot the travel track where you're yes. traveling when you're sending goods out. And so I mentioned earlier in the in the explanation that you have to get different vehicles to be able to send the goods out, which is cool. So it's super thematic. You can't just travel, just send the goods out. Um, you have to get the vehicle and then you load the vehicle. And when you load the vehicle, you can send them off to different cities or you can send them off to um, what get more powerful. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know what the technical term is, but uh, it, you can send off to actually uh, have them good made to act- actual goods, like turning right. in wool and different things to act clothes or, or whatever, uh, which I think is really, really fun in the game. Trying and
0: it's to- puzzly, too, because you have to figure out what can I load up. And, you know, because you have the, the spots on your vehicle's are different right so like you you have to configure them in a way that you can fit everything on there and so it has that you know it's not polyomino kind of puzzly but it is you know there's a a little little bit of a puzzle to it and and,
1: and, in deciding like yeah what you're saying like it makes you have to decide like which ones do i want to put on there right now yeah um which type of vehicle do I want to get, or types of vehicle? Because you only have a certain amount that you can put in your barn. Um, so yeah, that's 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 really cool. That's that's one of my favorite parts as well. Let me ask you a question, Dean. What do you think about the buildings in this game?
0: Um, I like them. Okay, that's. I I think um, uh, you can't ignore them for sure. That's true. I, I'll Absolutely. say that. I I think that you have to really. Um, especially because there is engine building in this game. And part of the engine building comes from those buildings at the top there, like the ones that allow you to get things every time, you know, right before you you go into the November period, you're going to be able to get something like move one of your dykes up or you'll get a resource or, or whatever that is. So I think they're really important for that. Now, um, yeah, I I think that's that's it. Yeah, I, that's just the top part. All the other ones do do things, and they get progressively more point heavy as you go down the
1: board. Yeah, and so I one thing about the game is I like the green buildings because I'm a huge engine building fan. Yeah, I am. That's why I like that tool indicator track. Um, the first four buildings that are out have those, the rest of them are pretty much just victory points and a one-time bonus, which can be really powerful. The bonuses can be, especially if you're doing them at the right time and it can feel great when you get one and it gives you a bonus that gets you something that can, you know, get you some goods to be able to then go send out on uh trade away. You know, it, it kind of has that like clever feeling it can be whenever you get them or not. It could just, you could just get them kind of for the victory points and the bonuses a little bit, I don't know, just not as interesting, right? Depends on what's going on in the game. Hopefully you're lining it up to do the optimum move, but
0: yeah, that's, that's the thing, but you got to get
1: somewhat victory points, even if it's not the most optimum move is, I guess what I'm saying.
0: That's right. It seems like a lot of what you're doing in the game is playing towards being able to buy those buildings at some point. Yeah. Um. And, and I guess like I I know you can get other points in a lot of other ways too, because you have to spend a lot of food on those spots. You know, several of the spots you have to spend a lot of food. You have to spend the, the, the lumber and the, and the bricks to be able to buy, you know, those, those really expensive ones along with a lot of food. Now, the thing is you're spending those to gain a lot of points, but all of those are worth points. So your food is worth points at the end, your lumber, your, your bricks are worth points. So, it's not as many points as it might seem, but I still think that they're pretty important in gaining a lot of points.
1: Yep, yeah, they uh, they they are. And what I was trying to say is that I think personally, if it was if there was a little bit more engine building, I would like the buildings better. I think, um, but then it would be a whole lot more to keep track of. And I know there's a lot going on in this game, but if I had more that gave me more bonuses when the different seasons came up and stuff, it would feel more fun. It doesn't I agree. feel that fun to get the buildings. I just, it feels good that you're getting victory points. The top ones do, I think. Yes, that's exactly right. I yeah. just—I kind of wish there were more of those, I guess, yeah, uh, personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that.
0: I, I've actually, this last game that I played, I thought that very thing that that it would be really helpful if you had more of those engine-building type things. Now, there are other ways to build those engines outside of the building, right? Like you talked about the tracks, mm-hmm. um, getting stalls and getting your- I like your stalls and stuff. Breeding your animals, like that's a, a good kind of engine building thing. Absolutely. Um, you I like the way they do that in the game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, better than any of the other ones that I've played. The, the breeding works better. Yeah, it's really great. Um, you mentioned the vehicles, which is another way of, of uh, building that engine. And I think that's an interesting thing too. So there's other interesting ways, but I'm with you. I wish that there were more- of the buildings like the ones at the very top that aren't point heavy but engine building heavy yeah it really distinctify them to
1: those other buildings what what <laughs> I think I'm gonna get a shirt I'm gonna make a shirt that says distinctify. Distinctify. distinctify distinctify that should be a song I'm gonna write a song distinctify wasn't that the, uh, the... I'm gonna distinctify my love <laughs> distinctify my love mhm it kinda s- sounds smelly the shirt distinctify the shirt the is smelly that's mm-hmm so i will say let me uh i say that a lot i gotta stop saying that i will say i'll say this I just say, say it that all the time just I know, say it you i know just gotta do it so i apologize for you know i will say that i need to apologize for that no need to apologize no it's too late to apologize <laughs> <laughs> so okay um i love this game i think it's a fantastic game um do you want to go ahead and just head towards final thoughts while I'm doing this? Let's do it because I,
0: yeah, I've got some. I'm I'm ready for my
1: final thoughts yeah. and rating. I think. I, so let's let's start off with all the positives. The tool indicator track that I mentioned is fantastic. I love going in and and uh, getting the vehicles and deciding uh, which vehicle I need to get and all that kind of stuff and, sent and shipping those goods out and trading them for. Um, for victory points and stuff like that, I think that that's really, really cool. I also um, really like I, I like the way they've done the animals and the way the animals breed in this game. It's my favorite way that Uva's done that. I really like that as well. Some things that I don't love is I, 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 the buildings are cool, like I mentioned, but I just don't love them. Um, I think it would be cool if there was a little bit more engine building with those. Um, and then also in this game, I feel like because it's so wide open, and there's not a lot of building towards things. In this game. Um, a lot of the goods are actually, you, you can get them pretty quick early in the game. There's not like, you know, some great goods that you're able to finally get up to. Like with Feast for Odin, there's four different levels of goods. And right. you really feel like you're like, when you get something like that, like, yeah, you feel like you really accomplished something. Here, it's there's only two different, like you t- turn from one side to the other side and flip it over. And you can do that by getting a cart pretty quick. And so it's more about collecting as many of those as you can versus really getting to the super expensive, powerful goods. Now, the the thing that you build towards, I guess, are the um, buildings that can be worth a lot of points, but they're a little anticlimactic whenever I get them, in my opinion. So that's my, like, kind of a little bit knock on the game. I feel like, I wish I felt like I was building towards them. I do see my farm growing and I think that's amazing and that's really, really fun. But I, I don't know. I guess I wish that there were like something that I was like, really could go and grab. That's an ex, something really expensive and I'm excited about it and I've built towards this, you know? Yeah. And I don't have that, quite that feel in this game. But I, I have the feel with my farm. hmm But with, you know, the other goods, it's like, you know, but I still really love this game. I think it's fantastic. In fact, it's one of my favorite two-player games of all time. So straight up, I can say that easily. It's great. I'm gonna go ahead and give my rating, right? That's what we're doing.
0: Yep. Unless you want to hear my final thoughts first and trying to right, build ahead. up more height, maybe. Let's, let's build it. All right. Um, yes, I I quite enjoy this game as well. I this is one I've been wanting to try for a while because John definitely likes Uva games better than what I do typically. Um, but this is one that I thought I would, I would like this one. I actually like this one a lot better than what I thought I was going to like. I like the, That's good. I like the season piece of this, right? So like you, you have these different, you mentioned this, the summer and the winter side. I enjoy That's that. Really good. Yeah. With that, we didn't mention, but if you move over and take that other side, well, you have to think about that. The other player is going to take the first player marker which that always that doesn't always matter because if they're going to get it anyway it's okay for you to go over and take the other side but if you really want a spot you have to think is it worth giving them the first player marker for the next round which i think is really interesting mm-hmm. i think that the, the we mentioned this that the way the animals breed we didn't mention how that plays out and i won't go into all of that but you but they only breed in those um in those stalls right in the, in the stalls and the what is the other side of that called a stable maybe or a, whatever that is the this one the stall I, and the, I think it's a stable yeah okay so they only breed yeah, in in and there obviously you have to have two but if you have um if you have too many you won't be able to to be able to keep all of those. So if you can fit 6 animals in there, let's say I have 5, I would only be able to breed 1 out of those. But if I have 4 animals, I can breed 2 because there's enough room for them to be in there. I think that's interesting and 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 there's not there's a lot of places in here to store animals unlike Agricola where you can where you can make a lot of animals you can breed a lot of animals but you can't always keep them in this one more than likely you'll be able to keep those. You can put them on the dikes and all that right that's right you here. can put them in the in the fields on the dikes there's lots of places that you can you can put them i like the way that the the peat part plays out so like you're you're cutting peat in this game and that's a resource that you have and as you're cutting them from, from those fields, they're going to be those, um, excuse me, those tiles are going to be leaving your board, which opens up more spots and it takes away negative points. I, I like
1: that. I should have mentioned it because my name's Johnny McPete.
0: There we go. Now, here's what I don't like. And this is a kind of a big knock for me. I, I like sandboxy games mostly. This one, and I've seen this complaint from other people. Rado is one of them. The complaint is that there's so much to do, it's hard to really focus in on what you want to do, if that makes sense. Like, what do I do? Do I focus on animals? Do I focus on vehicles or buildings or, uh, you know, moving up on the tracks? What do I do? And I think that's that's a challenge. Now, that's part of who Uva is and in what his games are. There's a lot of tension in his games and there's a lot of really tough decisions to make. For me, I kind of wish there was something to give me any kind of of direction in this game, whether that's you start off with cards that say you get points for this thing, like you might get more points for animals. I tend to like that a little bit better. So I wish that was there, but, but as it is, I still think this is a fantastic game. And at this point, I think my favorite Uva game. Wow. I think. Now, I haven't played as many as you. Okay. I've, you know, out of the big box games, I've only played Agricola and... Feast for Odin. Feast for Odin, I think, are the only ones. And I think I would like Feast for Odin better, but I've only played that once. I've played this multiple times, so it's... Yeah, I, but I... I you played Lahav. Really, really enjoy this. I've played Lahav on... that doesn't on, really fit in this kind I've of only thing. played the app version. Yeah. I haven't played the, the physical copy, but... Um, but anyway, this at this point is my favorite. I really like it. I'll go ahead and give my score. It is an, an eight and a half for me, which wow, is that's good. pretty high for this kind of game. It's a, it's a weight of three point nine, and it actually playing this game makes me want to try more of his games. I've already I ordered know, yeah, that's amazing Glass yeah. Road, and I've you know I really want to play Feast for Odin again. I want to get Gaverna and Lahav to the table. So
1: anyway, this game's got me hyped for his games. I know it was really fun to watch you kind of. I wouldn't say not care about Rosenberg games, but not have a lot of interest and then play this game and how your eyes just kind of got big and you just, in a, you know what I mean? You just get yeah. excited about playing some of his other stuff. And now you want to go back and play Feast for Odin again, uh, Agricola again, maybe, you know, Mahav. Um, yeah. We've talked about playing that and stuff like that. So uh, the funny thing is, though, I like this game better than Dean. I'm going to give it the same exact score. An 8.5 out of 10, which is a really good score. I like it. Um, right now, it's not my favorite of his. Um, I've, I would prefer Lahav and A Feast for Odin over this, but it's still really good. It's a very solid 8.5 out of 10. I'll say that. Um, it's a it's a great two-player game. Now, here's the question. Is it worth it? Because it, pri- it ain't a price. It, it ain't a price. It ain't a cheap price. game.
0: What's what's the price? What you got on there? Well, okay. As you're as you're pulling that up, John, one thing that I have to take in consideration. Now, I play a lot of two-player games, so it's okay for me. If you don't play a lot of two-player games, it might be a hard sell, right? I mean, it, to to get a two-player one to two-player only game, now with the expansion it adds a third player, which I've yeah. heard good things about that and I really want to try that, but as
1: is, how much is it? As is, it's 64 six to $70. Uh, it's under 70 I would say. $64, 65 most places. Under That's a lot of money. For a two-player only game. Yep. And it's got cardboard pieces and nice meeples and stuff, but it's not just like... And the opponents are solid. There's it's a not, bunch of stuff. But there, it's though. not like you know Glenmore with all the amazing stickers and stuff like that. For the or Feast for price. Odin, for that matter. Yeah. Feast for
0: Odin's got a lot more. And the the uh, insert that it has in there, this doesn't have that insert. I think that's pretty high. I think you're just going to have to go, I I would say, you know, as is, maybe not because Mm. it's so expensive. Now, there are a ton of stuff and, you know, there's a lot of components. I will give it that. And there's a lot of gameplay in here.
1: I would say that it's worth it for me, which is interesting because it's one of the higher price and I'm usually a cheaper guy because it is a lot of game and I do play with my wife primarily. It's a big two player game. And I don't really have that many big two player games. Mostly it's, you know, Caverna K versus K, you know, like this cheat, the smaller you know, versions of games or Jaipur or something like that. Um, this is a big, long game. I don't have a game that's two players like this in my collection. So I'm super glad that I bought it and I would buy it again because of it, because of the uniqueness of it.
0: This is one of those games more so than those other ones that we've mentioned, I think, that you could just have this game and play it all the time yeah i really like this like I, I think you know if you're if you're just playing with one other player most of the time you might get this and play it for months and months and still really enjoy it i think there's a lot of variability even though everything's out there except the buildings everything's pretty much out there so anyway that is an eight and a half for both of us a really high score really enjoy it Yep. Yeah, fields great. of Arl. let's get on to fox in the forest and fox in the forest duet Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the moment you've been waiting for, where we will pit similar games against each other and each decide which one is the best. This is the Showdown in Meeple Town. Okay, it has been a little bit since we have done a showdown, I believe,
1: right? Yes, it has. It's and. Been a
0: while. We talked about this being February, the month of Valentine's Day. So let's get some some two-player games in, which is yep. what we've been doing two all along. Two-player only games. Two-player only. And so Fox in the Forest and Fox in the Forest duet are what we are talking about today. I'm just going to throw out the designer and all that stuff right now. Um, so Fox in the Forest, the designer is Joshua Burgle. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. The artist is Jennifer Meyer and Keith Pishnery. And this is published in the U.S. by Renegade Games. And then Fox in the Forest duet is designer Foxtrot Games. The artist is uh, Adrian Izell, Jason Kingsley, Rowana Peraz, and John Schulters. And this is um, from publisher, again in the U.S., from Renegade Games, but, but Foxtrot Games as well this one just came out 2020 fox in the forest 2017 now these are are very similar games they are both two player only trick-taking games which is right there click bait right like you see that and you're like ooh, i want to <laughs> check this out to see what's going on here unless you don't like trick-taking games and then you're not interested at all probably yeah because it is both of these are straight up trick-taking now here are the differences fox okay. in the forest we're competing against each other for points Mm -hmm. fox in the forest duet we are working together to collect gems so that we can beat the game
1: that's it that is it no op or hate each other
0: that's right the biggest difference is now you have more suits in fox in the forest i think there's four suits you have three in duet and the way the cards play out are similar but not exactly the same
1: either yeah, and they have similar amounts of cards that do special abilities and all that kind of stuff. Right. It feels really similar, except for you're again playing co-op or trying to beat each other. Yep. Yeah.
0: But that's that's the intrigue of it, though. Two-player trick-taking game. So what sure. Let's start off with Fox in the Forest, since, was, yeah, that, since that one came out first.
1: Okay. Well, that, that's a game. This is a game that I've wanted to play for a while, and I just haven't played it. Um, I've heard really good things about it. Um, I like trick-taking games. My favorite is Rook because if you've heard listen to the podcast, I've just played it since I was a little kid, and it's just I've got the nostalgia with it. But I also like Rook in the sense that I like trying to figure out the how many you're going to bid for with your partner, and and trying to you know that's that's fun. That's a really fun decisions that you're making. It's kind of got that auction-y thing going on, push your luck kind of thing. Um, maybe push your luck. But anyways, I, I I like that. So I wanted to play this because I thought you know it might be fun to play a I think it would be fun hopefully to play a two player trick taking game. I want to see how they did it, right? I mean, how are you going to make a good two player trick taking game? And uh, I do know I've played games like Diamonds as well that you can play two players and stuff like that. So anyway, um okay, so what do I think about it? Dave? <laughs> I'm done. I've been talking about a bunch of things. What do I th- what do I think about it? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking
0: myself It's a rhetorical question. Okay, you said Dean. What am I what do I think about this Dean is what you said?
1: We're the same person. Okay. That because is we weird. are. It's Valentine's Day. Nope. Um, I thought that my. Mm. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good game. Um, I thought that it was well designed. I think that it is well designed. I like uh, that you're not just trying to play regular tricks. Obviously, you got to give it more than just. I trumped you and I win. Um, you have some interesting things that are going on in the game. Like you have cards that will do special abilities and stuff. What I like. But what I like most about this game is the way that it scores. Totally agree. Yeah. Yep, me too. And so if you get, I believe, zero to three tricks, then you're going to score six points. If you get... Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Go well, ahead, I- Dean. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up just so you can fill in for me right now
0: basically you want to be the one who is has the least amount of tricks or kind of somewhere in the middle but if you take the most you're greedy right and so you're going to get zero points with zero zero to three tricks
1: i believe john here's a card right here i got it right here okay. yeah. so zero to three tricks is six points four tricks is one point five tricks is two six tricks is three and seven to nine is six and then 10 to 13 is zero because you do get greedy as that's dean right. said. So I
0: think I may have said 0 to 3 on that but I meant whoever has the most or whoever gets 10 to 13 is the
1: greedy one. Well this is absolutely my favorite part of the game and you have to do something like this to make it interesting, right? Yeah. And and it, that's in, it's it's so interesting because the optimum move in this game is to go humble which is zero to three and set and, and, makes, and make your other opponent get 10 to 13, which makes them greedy, which means you get six points and they get none. That is the optimum move, but it's very hard to do.
0: Yes, it is. But I tell you what, it has happened to me multiple times. Has it? <laughs> so, Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty bad at this game, but I, I agree with you. I think that is such a cool way of doing things. So it's not just straight up getting the tricks because here's the thing in a two player game, a tr- trick taking game I mean, you have to go with the cards in your hand so you could just have a bad hand and you would just lose every time. So that would not be interesting at all. But in this way, you have to think about how you play those cards out. But I also, this leads me to my second favorite part of the game and yeah. that is the the different um, the different powers that are on the cards. So yeah. you might play a card that will change potentially change the trump. You might play a card that lets you swap out your card from uh, the top card of the deck or you might... Uh, what are some other? You might, uh, if you play the the seven, which is the treasure card, the winner of that one actually just receives a point straight up, which is kind of a lot. Like just getting that point in the middle of the game. If you can do that multiple times, that's that can be a lot of a, a lot of points. So, um, I. Yep, I, I really enjoy those power cards and think they're pretty interesting. But it's not on every card either,
1: and I think that's even better that it's not on every card. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I like those power cards. Those are those do lead um, to the... I, the seven power card's my favorite. The one where you can get a point, you just get a point. Yeah. Or you get two points, depending on how many sevens were played. I think that's, that's right. kind of yeah. interesting. And when you play that card can, can be pretty powerful um, in the course of the game. But yeah, for me, though, it goes really back to the trick-taking part of it. Um, because if you, so if you go for seven to nine tricks... To get that six victory points, you're also you're going to be flirting with giving them the six for zero to three. Yes, you know. I mean, that's that's if you're up to that nine mark, then they're going to have four and you're going to have nine, which then they only get one and you get six, which is that's the second best thing that could happen. Um, so like that's I don't know. It's interesting, but if you decide to go zero to three tricks, which I've done, I played a game last game I played with my wife. I decided I was really and one of the things I'm really going to go for the zero to three. I end up getting four, which meant (laughs) she got six and I got one. That's right. So it's risky, man. You got to push your luck. You got to look at your cards, see what you really think you can win. Um, change out that uh, decree card sometimes to get a new card. You're like Even if you don't want to change the trump, you might just want to get that card that's laying there to because yeah. it doesn't have as many points and you're trying to lose as many as you can or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's almost this, almost like a, not almost, I guess it is kind of a push-pull thing because you want to, you know, you don't want to take every trick. And so in your mind, and this is, this is how I get burned in this game, I think, okay, I'm going to go ahead and let them have some of these, right? Sure. Because I know that I can make them up later, but my problem is if the Trump is is changed, right? If that decree card changes and the Trump changes, then that can really change your game midway. Yeah. You might think I've got an amazing hand, but that might shift. But And that might sound awful. Like It might sound like flux in that case where the rules change as the game goes on. But I don't think that's it at all. I just think that you have to be aware that this could happen where where it changes and I need to be on my toes or I need to have a card where I can switch it back or something. So... Anyway, that that is Fox in the Forest. Now, yeah. what about Duet? Duet is the, again, the cooperative game of that. A lot you start of the, off this one. Yeah, so a lot of this the gameplay is the same, like I mentioned. But in this one, you start off with this token in the center of... You have this small little board. And on the board, you've got tracks that go two different directions, one towards each player. And you are collecting gems as you go. And the way that you win is you remove all the gems from the board. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, there are also these other tokens that are going onto the board that are bad. So if I go too far in one direction, it goes off the board. This other forest token goes onto the board. And you don't want that to happen because that's going to add, you know, you can, one, it can make you lose, right? If all those go out, you can lose or you do lose. But if you get the, um, if you get all of the gems and you have those forest tokens out, you might win, but you might not like have the highest amount of points that you can possibly get because they're going to subtract points from your total yes or not subtract but they won't add points at the end of the game yeah there
1: we go yeah Um, yeah you want me to go now yeah what are your thoughts on that so let me give my general thoughts okay Uh, first time I played this game I played with my wife um, and we were playing it and we don't play a lot of cooperative games I'll say that as well I'm not the biggest cooperative game fan I'm not against them, and there are some good ones out there for sure. But I'm not a huge co-op. Are you a big? Co- would you say you're a big co-op game? Plan? I really enjoy co-op. You are, right? Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Um, yeah, and so um, we're you know playing these tricks and trying to move based on the footprints, like Dean's talking about, and go out and collect the gems and everything. And I really just I didn't feel like there were a lot, or a whole lot of really that interesting decisions um, in the game. I mean, there are for sure some especially, let me say this, at the beginning when you have a whole lot of cards, you can do a whole lot and you can go get generally the gems you want to get. But as the game progresses and you get down to the end of the round and you've got four or five cards in your hand, then it gets a lot more tricky, pun intended. I see what you did there. Um, And that gets a lot more fun when it gets to that part, in my opinion, Um, and hopefully with the big amount of cards that you had, you were able to prepare yourself and get yourself in the right position, you know, for that.
0: Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't, I don't totally agree. I think that is, I think it is interesting. The The interesting part is not what you're saying. Like you, you kind of have an idea of what you want to do, but whether or not you can do that and setting yourself, setting up, yourself up towards the end of the round is, is what's yeah. important. Cause we didn't, we didn't mention how you move, but when obviously you're playing together. And so you're going to win the trick. You know, somebody is going Someone to win that trick. trick, but what you're going to do, what really matters is the, um, well that matters because it, you know, the player order who's going to lead is the one that won. So that's important. Yeah. And the direction that you move is in the direction of the person that won. So all that's really important, but the part that you don't, you, you have to plan for is the footprints that John mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that's how you move. So let's say I take a trick and a total of four footprints, uh, are at the top on the cards that we played. Well, we're going to move in four spots in the direction of the person that did win. So yeah. you have to think, okay, who is going to win this trick? And we know that we want to move into this spot or into this general area, but... we can't, can't talk about you it. You can't talk. I can't tell John what I'm going to play. So you really have to think, all right, let's just hope he has this or something else that can kind of mitigate the movement or whatever. And yeah. I, I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting it's if you just, don't like
0: co-ops it's not going to change that for sure but i think it's it's a different way of playing fox in the forest
1: which i, I think is a cool yeah. cool thing yeah i you know i don't know i guess for some reason and there are a lot of people that like fox in the forest duet uh, in particular like it doesn't have a whole ton of ratings but they're pretty solid on this i'm going to guess most of the people that like it are ones that really enjoy fox in the forest at least right now a lot of times that's the way it starts right yeah um um, anytime there's a second version of a game or something, is pro- most of the time it starts off highly rated because it's people who enjoyed the first version of the game. Um, and they got it's right now it's rated higher, but it's only got 248 ratings, which isn't enough by any stretch to, to see where to really have a solid rating versus 6.3 thousand on uh, Fox in the Forest. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know what it was about this game. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that come, totally disagree with me on this. Because I think it's a well-designed game. And Dean's probably one that's going to totally disagree with me. I just felt very meh for Fox and the Force duet. Um, it just wasn't that exciting for me. I, I'll i say th- this about both games. I I don't love either one of these. I don't think either one of these is fantastic. Um, I like Fox and the Force better. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Is that Okay can I do that right now. I guess so. I like Fox in the Forest better. I just think the decisions that you're making are a little bit more intriguing uh, over the course of the game. But the thing about trick-taking games is that I love is the is the partnership competitive nature generally in both of them. Um I mean how you're doing both of those things in the cor- in, in those games. But I also really like trick-taking games like Rook where you're bidding on how many of something that you're trying to get, which makes it a little bit more interesting. I've played a lot of trick-taking games that I feel are pretty meh. Honestly, I have. So there's not very many that I'm just super excited about playing. I like a good trick-taking game a lot, but I don't know. I felt like both of these are just decent. My brother let me borrow Fox in the Forest. I'll just say this. My brother... Does he like it a lot? He loves it. Okay. He and his wife um, play... They play a lot lighter, like, absolutely want to play, like, Jaipur, like, a lighter in two-player games. That's their jam. He Anytime I try to play a game that gets a little more complex, he's just like, Mm-mm, I just don't want to do it, um, which is great. I mean, this is so this is, like, absolutely in his wheelhouse, and he and his wife love this game. Um, I get it. I
0: get why they do. Yeah. I, I definitely like both they of these. They love the
1: Fox and the Forest. They haven't played Duet.
0: Okay. I definitely I'd be interested to hear what they think about once they once they play. He doesn't
1: love cooperative games, so I'm gonna guess that that he may not like it as much. yeah, I don't think that's like I said, it's not gonna change
0: it, but I I I like these I like both of these better than John does for sure. Um they are what they are, you know. I, I think it's difficult for me to think of a better way of doing a two player trick taking game. That that would be my challenge, right? I mean, sure. How would you do it better? Because I think you have to have special abilities. You can't just use the the card straight up because that you would just whoever has the better hand is going to be the one that wins. You know, the scoring you have to do scoring the way that you do. So I just I think it's very cool. Now that's that's Fox in the Forest. Fox in the Forest Duet. I might actually like it. They're really close for me. Mm. I might like Duet a hair better. OK, maybe. Um, but it kind of it kind of depends on what, what mood I'm in. I would rate them the same. I don't have a rating for them right now, but I I would rate them the same. But I would put do it just a hair higher because I think that's such a unique thing. Like a two player trick taking co-op game. If you said that, like that's your pitch. That's ridiculous. You can't do that. And here's the thing. Whenever I've been whenever I've been told, hey, this is a two player version of playing this mechanism that's not meant to be two players i'll give an example tides of time is a two-player drafting game you know what i don't like tides of time it's really? not my, i don't i never played it. i don't really like it at all it's it's not not one that i enjoy i played that with my wife neither one of us really cared for it that much it just wasn't that interesting this i think both of these games are interesting i do think what john said uh, the reason why john likes fox in the forest better i totally understand that but i just think the push and pull part of this one and having to to kind of um read what the other players doing and in the passing there's a card that lets you pass cards back and forth that's super important because you might pass a card kind of hinting at somebody hey i really want you to play this card We can't yeah. say that but you want to you know kind of table you're talk kind of in that, that way yeah. i just think those choices are really interesting so for me duet gets the slight nod but they're both like right on with each other but i, I like both of them for me the, i don't love them but i like them
1: yeah the original definitely gets the nod it's not slight i like it quite a bit better but i also don't love either uh, these games either one of them i think they're both decent if you love fox in the forest and you're interested in co-op games get duet for sure for yeah. sure, do it. Yeah, if you love it, do but it. You're, uh, like that, I did. If you love them and you don't love co-op games, if you love Fox and the Forest and you don't love co-op games, you might not like Duet because I I like Fox and the Forest a decent amount better than Duet. So
0: yeah, and it depends on what you like about it too. But probably, I would imagine most people that like Fox in the Forest like it for the very reasons that we said. Yeah, because those are the
1: I think the interesting I think that pieces. they're well designed games. I do. I just. I just don't know if anyone's gonna make a two-player trick-taking game that blows my mind. Challenge out yeah, there, Meeple Town. And try to blow John's mind. I would. I, I'm intrigued to know of different ways that you could do a two-player. I, I think they did a great job. It's just, yeah. You're it's a snob a when it comes to trick-taking games. I think.
0: What you are? How C- ugly Christmas sweaters? Yeah, that you didn't
1: be like good. that. I like. I, you it. know, it's it's kind of funny. I, I maybe I'm just not a huge trick-taking fan. Maybe there's just a few that that like I just like better than every other one. So I'm just like, eh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's because it's, so many tricking games play very similarly. There's definitely going to add a little something to them, but they're going to have trump suits and you know what I mean. Yeah. And so a lot of times I just go, I'd rather play this. So it just kind of falls off to the wayside as something that's not as interesting.
0: I'm kind of thankful that there's more trick taking games coming out because I want to see something done with trick taking, a la Clank, right? Or quest for Eldorado. Like, you take a deck builder and then you add a board. Uh, I want to see that with trick-taking. Is that is that a thing? Do you, can you think of a game that has that?
1: <sighs> mm, I can't right now. I've okay. thought about a trick-taking deck-building game, but it would be difficult to... I think it would be difficult to do because someone could just become way more powerful than the other players. Yeah. You have to have something that would balance out. You know, if you get a better deck, you're just going to beat them. Right, right. Maybe you can do special powers like on this one. Maybe you could say... Maybe you could say that baseball highlights is a little bit of a trick-taking game. <laughs> it's not, no but what? I mean, you would. To me, I think you'd have to go that far off the trick-taking track to maybe build something interesting. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, I could be wrong, but to keep up with it. Yeah, which obviously baseball highlights is nothing is not a trick taking game, but I, I, I guess I'm just saying I feel like you're kind of really going to have to go off the beaten path for that. So anyway,
0: yeah, okay. Two more things. There are two games I'm looking at all the trick taking games that are listed on BGG. There are two in the top four that are kind of newer games in this in that sense. Okay. So 1991 is uh, Teach You, which you have not played. No, I
1: haven't played Gigi. I have I not, that but was really good. we've
0: both heard amazing things about it. Skull King is another one that I've, I've heard really good things about that I would like to try. That's rated um, pretty high, 682 overall. And then Wizard is another one that it's from 1984 rated or ranked 746. So we just need to try those. But that being said, I want to try some trick-taking games. There's a bunch a bunch yeah. of them out there, and we haven't tried nearly as many as what we need to. But I want to see something with... A board like I mean, Fox in the Forest. Do it has it. Sure, but anyway, that's it. That is it for the showdown. John gives the slight nod to Fox in the Forest. I no, give I give the
1: easy nod to Fox <laughs> in the Forest. You
0: get it right. <laughs> Dean gives the slight nod to Do It.
1: John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right. If you are enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to review it, actually. That would be awesome. Um, we also have YouTube uh, videos that come out very regularly. In fact, as I mentioned earlier, Space Explorers is one that we'll do a full-on review after we get some more plays of it. Um, just go to Meeple Town Games. We're Meeple Town Games at, um, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. We're also Board Game Geek Guild 3407. That's gonna do it for episode 35. Thanks for
0: coming down to Meeple Town.